Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. This is episode number 16 of the Awesomers Podcast, and you can find all the show notes and details at awesomers.com slash 16. That's awesomers.com slash 16 to find today's relevant show notes and details. Often we'll put in links that we discuss on the podcast itself. So don't forget to go there to check out all the details on uh, this particular show. Now today my special guest is Kevin King, who is a serial entrepreneur and who has been involved in e-commerce since 1995. He's been featured on Lifestyles of Rich and Famous and Entertainment Tonight, as well as on the front page of USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. As a one-man show, he sells millions of dollars of product on Amazon.com, Walmart, and, and more. He's a recurring guest on all the top FBA-related, that's Amazon FBA-related podcasts, and a popular speaker at Amazon conferences because he delivers actionable, tactical strategies that can boost your Amazon and e-commerce sales almost immediately. He also mentors sellers collectively, doing over half a billion dollars per year at Amazon in the Illuminati Mastermind, and he trains new sellers using his popular Freedom Ticket program. He runs private Facebook groups and so much more, uh, all through the amzmarketer.com platform. And again, you'll, we'll have links to all of these things in the awesomers.com slash 16 show notes to be sure that you can find uh, the great Kevin King wherever he is. Kevin, uh, to me, is one of the, the my favorite guys to hang out with and talk to because he's a fun guy, he, he's a no-nonsense guy, and you know he is a, just a get-down-to-the-basic-facts uh, guy. And that's something I really, really respect. I think you will, too. Uh, enjoy today's episode. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Awesomers.com podcast coming to you today. And today we have a special guest, Kevin King, and he's uh, kind enough to join us from Europe. Uh, isn't that right, Kevin? Yeah, I'm over in uh, London, England right now on a little speaker's tour uh, for uh, Amazon sellers. Yeah, so again, Kevin is a really great um, speaker and, and uh, an amazing entrepreneur in his own right, but he, we're actually able to grab some of his time while he's on this uh, literally European tour because, uh, Kevin, you're going to be in Europe like the next 30 days roughly or, or something like that over the course of a month to a lot of different countries, aren't you? Yeah, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, uh, but I'm over here for three weeks uh, with my wife, and I spoke uh, last week at an event uh, for Amazon sellers in German, Germany, in Hamburg, Germany, and uh, this week I'm speaking uh, at, uh, three days here in London, England. The next week I'm heading over to another event in Romania, and then uh, another one uh, over in the Ukraine the week after that, and then back over the pond again in another month uh, for uh, another event in Amsterdam uh, in August. 
I love it. Well, this is uh, uh, why it's a great opportunity for awesomers to listen to Kevin. And uh, he's sought after because he knows so many great things. And, uh, and not just about running an Amazon business, which I think is one of your specialties, uh, Kevin, but in, indeed how to kind of put together a business, how to think outside the box. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, that's fair to say. Amazon, uh, selling on Amazon is the flavor of, of the moment, but uh, that's not uh, what I'll probably be doing in the future always and definitely not what I did in the past. Yeah, fair enough. So so if if I ask you to summarize, kind of what do you do? You know, it, a stranger comes up to you and he goes, hey, I heard you're awesome. Or, uh, what exactly do you do? How would you summarize that for him? Yeah, I get this question all the time from immigration officers, from guys in the taxi, from, uh, you know, people in the restaurant. They look at me, they look at my wife, they're like, wait a minute, there's a disconnect here. What the hell? I mean, she's pretty, you're you're fat and ugly and old. Uh, so <laughs> I say, what the hell do you do? And I say, I'm, I'm a professional hitman. You know, that, that's really the reason I'm over here in uh, Europe is uh, I'm taking care of business. Yeah, what a good cover uh, so, story. So as soon as I say that, usually, you know, it, it's uh, silence and uh, no problems. Yeah, uh, especially immigration guys love that. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, which passport should I use today? Uh, uh, but no, no, in seriousness, uh, right now, uh, uh, for the, actually for the last uh, three years, I've been uh, selling uh, on Amazon. So it's an e-commerce business. The short answer is uh, I, I do e-commerce. Yeah, uh, which right now is primarily as a seller on Amazon. So I have a, a seven-figure uh, business with five different brands selling on Amazon. Then I also uh, uh, teach people how to sell on Amazon. So that's everything from uh, new people that uh, don't know that you can sell on Amazon and how do you make a how, how good is this opportunity and how can you make just incredible ROIs and just uh, grow to a million dollars in sales super fast uh, and leverage that the platform. Uh, for new people and then also uh, have something that uh, Steve you've come out and spoke at one of our events called the Illuminati Mastermind which is more for people who are already in the business and they're just looking for a leg up and looking for some extra tactics and tricks on how they can uh, two three ten x their business uh, and so that that's what I do yeah and it's a really it's a really excellent event by the way um, and the what, what's the name of the training program for uh, everybody's reference? And just for uh, awesomers out there listening, don't worry about scratching down notes. At the end, we'll have all the show notes with links to all the relevant things that have come up during the show, including uh, the Illuminati Mastermind and your, uh, what's the training called again? Yeah, the training for new people or people who just started selling people. on Amazon is called Freedom Ticket. So it's freedomticket.com. There you go. So we'll get that linked in there for you. Uh, so I, I love the fact that you're always about helping entrepreneurs. That's a big uh, component of, you know, how I spend my time and how I spend my day. And so something I really respect. So uh, before we kind of uh, kind of carry on and talking about all the things that are cool and, and uh, happening today, let's dive back a little bit in the background. You mentioned you're from Austin, Texas. Were you actually born in Austin? No, I was born in a Navy hospital in Virginia. As my dad likes to say, I was a $7 baby. Uh, you know, so he, he, he either got a really good deal or uh, he got, he, he, he shouldn't have paid the money. You know, sometimes he says, it depends on which way. Um, but uh, not, but uh, I don't remember, remember that. I've lived in Texas pretty much my entire life. Uh, went to school at Texas A&M University. Got a degree in marketing there. I grew up in the Dallas area, North Dallas area near DFW Airport. But I've lived in Austin since 1992. 1990. I, I took one year and I uh, was in Phoenix for a year, uh, but other than that, pretty much been in Austin. Nice. Well, Austin's a beautiful, beautiful area for sure, and a lot of tech stuff happening there. Definitely the place to be uh, if you like that sort of thing. So, uh, what about uh, your your dad? It sounds like he was in the Navy, based on uh, the Naval Hospital. Uh, is that what did your parents do uh, at the time you were? Born? Yeah, my parents. My parents uh, actually were uh, were teachers originally. 
And then my dad uh, knew back during the Vietnam War, he knew he was going to be uh, recruited uh, or, or drafted. So he's like, screw that. I'm not going to, I'm not choose. I'm not going to take what they give me. So he, he went to a military uh, uh, Navy uh, school, Navy officer candidate school, and was a, a, a gunboat pilot or, or in charge of six gunboats uh, actually in, uh, in Vietnam. If you ever seen Apocalypse Now, the movie, you know, those little gunboats going sure. up and down the river. He had a fleet of six of those that he was in charge of. Um, so, and then my mom was a teacher and then uh, she worked for uh, American Airlines. And when my dad got out of the Navy, he was a social, worked for the Social Security Administration. Nice. Well, I also love the smell of napalm in the morning. So we got a lot in common there. <laughs> uh, so, the, uh, so that's a very interesting background. So did, did you imagine when you went to university that you would be an entrepreneur someday? Or how did, how did the uh, you know, imagination start to, to spin towards doing your own thing? Sure. Yeah, I'm 50 years old, and the last time I got a, uh, what do they call them, W-2s or W-9s or whatever the hell they call them, uh, I think was uh, 17 years old. Uh, so I haven't, I have not, nobody has written me a paycheck, and, you know, as, a, as an employee where they take money out, out of the check, you know. I have not received one of those in 33 years. And so my entrepreneur stuff goes back to when I was about three years old. When I was three years old living in San Angelo, Texas, I would beg my mom to take me down to the uh, local uh, uh, Gibsons or whatever supermarket whatever it was back in the day pickly wiggly or something like that and i would buy the little one cent bubble gum you know that big bubble gum that you just big old red thing and has a little cartoon on the side and you stick it in your mouth um and I'd get them for a penny or two back then this is you know early 70s or something and i'd take them back into the neighborhood and i'd set up a store in the garage uh, and all the neighborhood kids would come over and i'd sell them to them for a nickel um, so that was, I, I was three or four years old when I was doing that. I would take, uh, my mom would have empty, um, empty uh, oatmeal containers, big uh, uh, Quaker oats, I think it was at the time. And they came in like these, not styrofoam, but like these cardboard uh, cylinder, like round cylinder containers. And you could put the lid on and once they were hauled out, they'd be like a drum. So, you, you know, I, I would sell those as a, you know, for a dime, get, get a drum set, you know, hmm. or whatever. So that, that's, that started it. And my entire life, and I was the guy that was, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, Casey Kasem would come on and say, here's the top 40 songs, you know, every Saturday or whatever it was, Sunday sure. morning, you could listen to that. I would transcribe that down or go get the Billboard magazine from the local library. This is days before the internet. And uh, see what the top 40 was. And I'd, I'd put up my own little newsletter to the kids in my class and say, here's the top 40 songs. If you want to, to buy the album, this is back when there was, there was record albums. Uh, if you want the album, you know, uh, ACDC Back in Black is in 1999 or, you know, Rolling Stones or, you know, Start Me Up is 1799. And then I would get my mom, the, the nearest record store uh, was, I don't know, 15 miles away or so. So every Saturday or so for that, for a while there, my mom would take me down to the record store and I'd, whatever orders I had, I'd buy the records and bring them back. And I'd make, you know, a buck or two on each one, something like that. Hmm. Uh, I did that. I, I would... <clears throat> pick up uh, aluminum cans on the side of the road. I'd have my dad, he would go out on a Saturday or Sunday, we'd go on some country road. He'd drop me off and he'd go, you know, a mile up the way, but he could still see me in the rear view mirror, you know, see where his son is. And, and uh, he'd take a book or something, pull off on the side of the road, read a book. And I'd go work both sides of roads, picking up aluminum cans and then take them in and you know, get whatever it was, 20 cents a pound or something like that for them. Fill up the whole car, you know, with bags of uh, aluminum cans. I crush them, you know, get, uh, figure out you crush them, make more space. I mowed yards. Um, I had a 15 different, 15 to 20 yards a week that I'd mow from the age wow. of like 10 to 16 or so. Um, I, I would even uh, paint numbers on curbs. So some new neighborhood, Dallas was booming. It's still booming. 
but back then it was really booming. So I would go out and get get a stencil set with all you know zero through nine and uh, go door to with a paint bucket and like three different colors and some masking tape and go door to door on these new neighborhoods and say, hey, um, uh, would you like me to paint your your address? You know, one ninety two or twenty two thousand one or whatever it is on the curb left side was i don't know three bucks and both sides was five bucks or something like something like that i would do that and i even would go to boy scout camp one time i remember went to boy scout camp and and i snuck my paint my paint set into the uh into my my duffel bag or whatever because i knew that this boy scout camp was kind of out in the country i knew that there's new this new neighborhood if i just trek through the woods for like 10 minutes you know i across this pond i could go into this fresh neighborhood like fresh meat you know where nobody had gone in there and painted curbs and so i disappeared out of this boy camp boy scout camp one afternoon and i was 12 13 14 maybe 14 something like that early teenager and people were like freaking out looking for me everywhere where'd kevin go where'd kevin go he's disappeared oh my god you know this is in the days before so people were so worried about you know, child molestation and abduction. It wasn't the big thing like it is now, but still people freaked out. They called my parents and they're like, uh, we don't know where he is. He, we dropped him off there. What do you mean? You don't know where the hell he is. So <laughs> my dad comes out and he's like, um, he'll go, I guess he goes in the garage or something. He notices the paint buckets missing or whatever. And he's like, okay, some of a bitch is like, he snuck off somewhere to make some money. <laughs> so I, I, I go, uh, go to the next neighborhood or uh, he goes, you know, I'm painting a curb. I'm sitting on my knees, you know, painting some number on its curb and up comes my dad, just parks the car. Like, right. And didn't, doesn't say anything. I like look up and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. So he lets me finish. He doesn't get out of the car, doesn't honk, doesn't do nothing. Just sits there. You know, is that intimidation look from your dad? Like, you know, you're busted, you know, you're in trouble. And so you have to like, he's not coming to me. I got to go to him. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P A R S I M O N Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. So the, he took away my paints and I wasn't allowed to paint numbers on the curb or took me back to the Boy Scout camp and said, don't you dare leave again. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I did all kinds of crazy stuff uh, like that. As, Boy, the, the drive for you to be, you know, kind of hustling your own thing, making what do they call them? Side hustles was, or was yeah. came early and often for you. Well, why, how do you think that that became part of your, um, you know, DNA so early when you are around people who are either teachers or, you know, military or whatever that we're not from that. Frame yeah. Of mind. I mean, it's not in my family. My family doesn't own a lot of businesses. It's not like I inherited it from someone or got it from somebody. Uh, but my, my father is ultra conservative. I mean, he's the last guy that, you know, he, he'd lose sleep at night if he owes somebody $10, you know, if he had an invoice to do net 30, you know, it'd freak him out. I mean, just the other day, the guy is 76 years old and he's never sent a wire transfer in his life. And so he was trying to get a refund from an airline down in South America and, 
that I guess it's past the six month time that they can do it on the credit card. So they're like, you know, we'll, we'll wire you the money. And he's like, I don't know how, what do I tell him? What do I do? I, I don't understand this. What do you mean? Uh, you know, what's an ABA number? I, I, I called the USAA and they gave me this stuff and I gave it to him and they said it's wrong. So you know, he, he's that kind of like super conservative, ultra cheap. So I didn't get it from him. My mom's a little bit more on the the risk taker side, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would never, my dad would never let allow her to do anything. She at one point wanted to open like a computer business or something, uh, but she wouldn't allow him to do that. I mean, it, my entrepreneur stuff worked all the way up and, you know, I worked at McDonald's and I worked in a deli and I delivered pizzas. And when I was delivering pizzas, uh, it was like a three, three bucks an hour or something like that base pay. And you make tips. Well, I, this pizza place would, I, I would figure out the system. I'm, I'm a guy who figures out systems and how to break them or beat them. That's, that's what my, as my wife says, I'm a rebel. Um, <laughs> so she, a rebel. Says, she said, I'll figure out the system and, and figure out the way to beat it. So like when I was delivering pizzas, I would, I would go in and, and uh, you know, there'd be 10 pizzas coming out of the oven and there'd be like three drivers back there waiting for, to take these pizzas out. And I would look at the map and I could tell in my head, you know, I have a kind of a photographic memory. I could say, well, if I deliver this one first to this apartment, then I can go over here and then come here and I can come here and then come here and then come back. And this is very efficient routing. And I can bang, bang, bang. So I take seven of the pizzas and the other three drivers get one each. And you know, so it was, it was, but I was making ridiculous money delivering pizzas, you know, two as a 17 year old, 18 year old making two, $300 a day. You know, that's a lot of money. And so I made so much, uh, I mean, it, and in college I would use the, uh, I had a, in college I had some friends that, uh, would like to, we'd like to drink so our, our apartment became like the uh the, Wait a minute. the right. so in college you like to drink everybody write that down yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a good one yeah make sure <laughs> yeah carry on <laughs> yeah so in college you know we all like to drink and so i was like you know i was like screw this you know i'm gonna go take a bartending class so that the school texas a like an it wasn't an official class but it's like you know one of these like community college kind of things or whatever so we went and uh they teach you how to make you know different drinks but the problem is um one, I think I was underage, uh, but two is everything is water. So you get the bottles, you have the Jack Daniels bottle and you have the tequila bottle and you have the vodka bottle and all that stuff, but inside is just water, and, you know, colored water. So you're just learning how to mix and everything. And I was like, this is bullshit. I want to know what this stuff tastes like. So I went out from uh, and rented a bar, like one of these furniture rental places. You can rent like a little miniature portable bar, rented a bar, went and bought, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars, $300 worth of liquor. Uh, and all the mixers and everything. And of course, our, our apartment is four guys living there. Now we became the apartment. We were a cool apartment. Now we became the apartment. I was like, you know, I'm not going to pay for everybody doing this stuff. So I wrote a little computer program. Uh, um, it's like, I'm going to keep, uh, this is back on the Apple II days, I think. So I wrote a little in, in the basic computer language, wrote a little computing program to keep bar tabs. And so I'd have all the recipes in there and I'd keep bar tabs. So my buddy Wolf comes over, like, what do you have? And oh, I'm having a hurricane and a margarita. Okay. You know, that's 42 cents. So he'd have a tab and every week I'd say, okay, you need to pay me. Well, then I decided I'm going to, I'm going to put this out. I think I have a pretty cool program here. So I'm going to advertise this in the back of computer world and some other, some, some other computer magazines. And so I went out and I bought little display ads in the back of little computer magazines and said, Hey, buy the, you shoot, you shoes bartender set or something like that. This little program on a little floppy disk for, I don't know, 49.95 or something like that. And I used the computer, the, the school, the university's computer lab to print all my brochures, to design all my, my manuals and everything. And 
they caught on to it, you know, and I actually got called into the dean's office and said, hey, you know, no using the computers and the, the printers and the laser printers and everything in the school for your business stuff. I got in trouble for it. <laughs> again, but, you got in but, trouble again. First at Boy Scout camp, now again. That's right. That's right. And then I went out in, uh, in college also, there was a class uh, called BANA 217 at Texas A&M University back in the uh, late 80s. And every sophomore that was studying business would have to take this class. And A&M's a big school, you know, right now it's like 50 some odd thousand students. I think when I was there, it was in the thirties, but about a thousand students or so in the, and majoring in different fields of business would have to take this as a, a mandatory class their sophomore year. And it was how to learn how to program in basic, the basic computing language, which most people don't even use anymore, but it's the fundamentals and the logic of it. And it was a weed out class. And just a lot of people just couldn't understand it. The teachers weren't teaching it very well. So I started doing private tutoring. I put up little uh, banners around the around the university and the library and stuff and say, pull off this tag and call me in for, I don't remember what it was, eight, five bucks an hour or something. I'll help you out. Well, that started just taking off. I, it went from like one student to where I was renting out a room in the library and had 20 students at once and then just kept growing. And so by the time I was a, uh, a junior, I was like, what, what they did is they had like three or four different professors and they would teach these, they would have these classes uh, standardized tests. So no matter who your professor was on these three days, these are the dates of the test. So I would get that syllabus in advance. And under the Texas uh, Sunshine Act, you can get the mailing list of any college student in, in, in Texas. So you can actually go to the registrar's office and for a fee, uh, a very small fee, you can actually get a mailing list of all their addresses. Um, and so I, I found out this special law. And so I went into the registrar's office beginning of the semester and said, I want to know all the students taking BANA 217 and I want you to print them out for me on uh, little address labels. And so I would go to uh, a Kinko's type of place, make up a little flyer and say on these three dates during the semester, like the day before each of these uh, standardized exams, come to the College Station Hilton and I'll teach you in two hours how to pass the test or two and a half hours, whatever it was, for, for $15. And so that turned into about 500 people, wow. about half the people taking the course every time coming. So I was making ridiculous money um, and just going up there in front of people and, and teaching them how to how to pass the test. Of course, the professors didn't like that, so they would badmouth me. But everybody that came said they're learning more from me than they are from them and they're understanding it better. And so I was able to ride that wave for, for a little while, too. So I, had, I love that. That's uh, I, I, as you said earlier, you know, you're you want to either break the system or, you know, make your own system to, you know, kind of make things better. And that's uh, a really good example. To me, I love the fact that I didn't realize you were teaching way back then. Uh, yeah, but I got I got out of it for a while. I mean, I, I didn't do it for a long time. I became the guy behind the scenes in my other businesses um, before I started the, the teaching stuff a year, uh, about a year ago, actually. Uh, February of uh, last year is the first time I got back up on stage since college because hmm. uh, I was a guy behind the scenes, a little puppet master, and didn't really want to be in front of the scenes. And so it took me a little while to get back into it. But uh, the reaction I get is people, I, I guess I explain things in a way that uh, people appreciate. And so I get some really good feedback. And so that's led into a lot of speaking engagements all over. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, you're definitely a very good teacher. Uh, the way you break it down, you also uh, add in humor and other, you know, uh, levity along the way, which is uh, helps people stay engaged. But the the, the real, to, to me, the takeaway is that the, the professors were mad back in that university story because yeah. you could teach them in two hours, really what they were spending an entire quarter or whatever it was to learn. Exactly. And that's, that's the, you know, difference between, you know, kind of uh, the efficiency of 
a really good system or a really good idea versus let's let's parse this thing out so we can charge some money for this course. Uh, I mean, I did I did that, and then and I mean that 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 episode with uh, that led me into direct marketing. You know, mailing out flyers to the college students, doing the ads in the back of the computer world or computer science magazines or whatever it was back then. That gave me a taste for direct marketing, and so then I I studied, you know, started getting magazines and reading books, and they weren't teaching this in school. Uh, most of what I learned in business, I haven't learned it in school. Um, it's I've learned it by doing or by doing on my on my own, and so I, I would I learned that, and I became uh, one of the top forty named by Target Marketing Magazine, one of the top forty marketers under forty when I was like twenty three years old. I started uh, basically a catalog uh, for like college students. It was a uh, you know we had little all kinds of dorm stuff, you know, everything that you need in your apartment or dorm, little dorm refrigerators, little little basketball hoops that you put over the trash can. Um, just <laughs> Those are kind such of, important items for education. Yeah, any, you know, little beer shot glasses or whatever. I, yeah, so I, I developed a whole like four color print catalog with professional photography, advertised that, mailed that out, had a staff of like five people working out. We just rented a second apartment, my apartment complex, and we just set up shop in there um, and, and did. Did, did I did that for a while and I was, was I had self-funding it so I was completely undercapitalized um, and then that led into uh, I took a trip to uh, to Hawaii my mom worked for American Airlines as I said earlier um, and so I could fly basically anywhere for free and so I, I Texas A&M was playing a football game at the University of Hawaii back in 1990 opening game I was like I'm screw it I'm gonna go to Hawaii I had no money I had like 200 bucks or something um, so I got some little rinky-dink apartment and uh, at, at that moment, I had no money. I was in a, in a transition period, but I, I went out there and on, on the last day, I had some uh, extra time uh, to kill um, before kept going to the airport. So I went into downtown Honolulu or whatever, and there's a whole bunch of clubs there. And some of these clubs were for, uh, you know, basically topless bars. Um, so I went into one of these uh, clubs and it was middle of the afternoon. There's nobody there. Uh, it's totally empty, totally desolate. And I'm like, talking to one of these girls i didn't have any money to pay for a dance or i think i bought a coke or something you know and she's like yeah we got medical insurance and we got this and we got that and i'm like no this is strip clubs this is stuff you see in movies these are the seedy places where the druggies and the weirdos and the perverts go and stuff she's like no no this guy that owns these he's out of florida you know he's got these like mansions that are strip clubs with marble floors and pays for the, the strippers uh college education and all and they're dental and i was like no no so I, I walk out and at the front, they had like little VHS tapes, like the making of the dollhouse calendars or something like that. So I went and bought one of these VHS tapes, got back to Austin, popped it in the machine. And uh, this this guy on this boat cruising around the Bahamas with like 40 naked hot chicks around him. I'm like, this looks fucking cool. This is what <laughs> I want to do. So that led into me doing research on the adult business. And so I would use my mom's uh, pass, my mom's free pass, and I flew all over the United States. This is before the internet, and went to I would go literally. I'd go to the library, I'd go to the Atlanta Library, or the Seattle Library, or the Minneapolis Library, and I would research on microfilm all the articles that had been written about this strip clubs, the grand openings, the problems, the, the everything. And I would go to the clubs and like take notes. I'm like literally in there, like taking notes. Like, look, they this is how they charge. This is how they set up the front desk. This is how they do you know the, the dj's over here and his booth looks like this and I, I take all these detailed notes and with the idea that i'm going to put together a whole business plan to launch one of these in austin and so i, I needed to raise like three million dollars so i put together a big like 200 page business plan i even put fake ads out in the newspaper said new club opening soon uh, apply here and i got applications i wanted i went through the whole process i never opened the club 
but I had all this data. So I'm sitting on all this data and I'm literally sitting on the, on the can uh, one day. I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, I got a notebook in front of me or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to put out some statistics. So I actually uh, uh, curated the data and I determined that these are the top 20 cities in the United States where strip clubs exist. You know, it's the biggest money I had because in Texas, you can get uh, some of these states, you can get their, their liquor sales. And so you can see what a club is public information. You can see what a club's doing. So I ranked them. I'd say the Dallas-Fort Worth area is 37 clubs, you know, and they're doing, I'm making up numbers here, but, you know, they're doing uh, $10 million, uh, $10 million a month between them all. In Atlanta, they're doing $6 million. In Seattle, they're doing $3 million, whatever, and I ranked them. And so then I put a list together, and I faxed that to Entertainment Tonight, to uh, I think a local news station, a couple other people. Just faxed it, you know, I sit in my underwear in my little one-bedroom apartment and faxed it to them. Two days later, there's a a film crew from Entertainment Tonight in my apartment filming me. (laughs) Um, And that leads to CNN, going to Dallas and going on CNN. And and it leads to me being flown out to Los Angeles and appearing on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I was 24 years old and I became the de facto expert in that business because I had all this data and statistics. So I levered, uh, and I ended up being on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, you you name it, Red Book Magazine, whatever, I was the guy. And so I had people coming to me. Um, uh, well, actually, I, I saw I, I, I leveraged that and started a, a magazine, like for the industry. No nudity, no nothing. It's just like a business magazine, almost for the industry, but a nice color glossy magazine. It's 24 years old, able to convince a printer in Chicago to front me $35,000 line of credit. I uh, got a few ads, and and out of that, I was I was nickel and diamond. This, you know, Robin Peter to pay Paul. Um, and out of that, I got a guy uh, out of Detroit who called me up and said, Hey, I'd like to hire you as a consultant, fly you up to Detroit. I'm looking to open a club. So I took, the, took the gig and went up there and this guy had a serious cocaine problem. He, he just, <laughs> what? It Drugs turns out, and, uh, strip yeah, clubs? that seems yeah. like an unlikely pair. Th- this guy, uh, I mean, I was all business. This was, I wasn't in that business to get laid. I wasn't in that business to provide benefits or I don't do drugs. I've never smoked even a joint. So that wasn't my gig. It's strictly, it's money. It's strictly business. And so this guy turned out to be a uh, mafia, you know, car, his family owned carpet store, literally mafia where, but I, I didn't know that at the time. So I needed some money for the magazine. So he's like, how much do you need? I said, oh, 10,000 bucks. That was a lot of money to me back then. And so I said, here you go. Here's a check for $10,000. Um, so I go back to, I was living in Arizona at the point, at that point for briefly, he decided he wants to move to Arizona comes down to Arizona to check on his business. And uh, he started wanting to put twists on. A girl wants to be on the cover. You know, she's going to have to do something to get on the cover. I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't like this. So he started getting a little bit more involved. Long story short, after six months or so, we we parted ways. I had, uh, this guy was mafia, major mafia. I could tell you mafia stories. You know, we, friends would come visit him. You know, we'd go to a restaurant and they'd walk out and they'd have the little, one of those remote starters for their car, you know, they wouldn't go to their car and start it. They'd start it from the walking out the door, you know, make sure everything is okay. Wow. Uh, it, it was bad. I mean, this guy had one of the first mobile phones, those big bricks. He was always on there and doing stuff at the, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. So when I, I moved out, he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. You know, um, he accused me of a bunch of stuff. I had to call the police to move out of my apartment to basically oh, wow. es- es- escort me to move out of the apartment. So it was, it was, it was a bad situation. And then he, he followed up on that, you know, that at that time, uh, little baseball cards were becoming a hot thing with, with girls on them. 
Um, and so whether it was uh, the clubs or whether it was uh, the magazines or wh whatever it was, so I, I, I pivoted into that and we did that for a while. And that, that uh, worked uh, really well and uh, was able to ride that, that, uh, that, that trend for a while. That's amazing. Uh, the, uh, just the, 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 comp the creative way that you keep, keep putting the little dots together, you know, what the, whatever compelled you to gather that data in the first place, right. To open a club that eventually you put that to the side. You decided you weren't going to open a club and then you're like, I, yeah, could, I couldn't raise the money. No one would give me that kind of money at 24 and no experience. It's I, I, I yeah. It's uh, yeah. having a 24 year old show up and go, Hey, I'd like to open a strip club. Give me money. It's yeah. like, no, you're just going to go spend that. Uh, but the fact that you were able to parlay that into statistics or some industry trends, uh, and then so many people were interested in the fact, uh, that, uh, whether it's entertainment today or wall street journal any of the others you mentioned uh hilarious and amazing uh just just the way your awesomer mind thinks about putting those little dots together very few people think like that yeah i would probably agree with that i'm lucky i have both creative and math skills you know most people have one or the other but i have both and i can usually see a, a, a big picture and I never get down. You know, I've, I've had a bankruptcy i've filed for bankruptcy because i didn't pay my taxes for a while you know i was taking a, another business uh, when I was in my uh, uh, early 30s, you know, we were working off a of cash flow, you know, basically. And so instead of the money that we were taking on employees checks, we didn't give that to the IRS. Instead, we were buying inventory or whatever that caught up to us. And so the only way for me to get out of that was to uh, basically file bankruptcy. And that didn't get me out of it. It stalled it. Then I negotiated a, an agreement with with them to pay like 300 bucks a month for the rest of my life. And I went like, you know, whatever it was, a long period of time, 20 years or something, 10, 20 years, I think I paid two payments. I never paid another payment. So I was able, and then, so what I did is, is I was able to be creative and lay low. Uh, and uh, um, after 10 years, I actually got a letter from the IRS that says, uh, you no longer owe all this money. You know, by then, $50,000 had turned into 300000 with penalties and interest and whatever. But it all completely got discharged by the IRS um, nice. uh, as uncollectible or, or whatever. But in the meantime, you know, I was struggling, and uh, but I was building myself back up. So I, I never give up. Uh, I never get down. If something doesn't work, it's just on to the next thing. Well, I tell you, that's a really good lesson. You know, even early on, uh, I had uh, firsthand exposure to kind of that employment taxes scenario, which is very complex and cumbersome. And when uh, new employers especially don't understand it, they can find themselves in a heap of trouble without yeah. really knowing all of the ramifications, right? Just saying I have an employee and paying that employee is just the beginning of your pain. The uh, the long arm of the IRS will reach deep into your pocket. So Yeah, I don't recommend that to anybody. I mean, it's something that now I make sure everything is, every T is crossed and every I is dotted. So that's not something I would recommend. It's just, but I've yeah. been there. I've yeah. got, and I got the, you know, I've got the, I mean, I've gotten been audited by the sales tax guys twice for internet businesses. You know, back we used to have a subscription business, twenty nine ninety five a month, and the state of Texas came in and said, "Hey, you're you're showing these tax reports that you're bringing in half a million dollars a quarter or whatever on this business, but you're only paying us three hundred and fifty dollars in tax." And I said, "Because well, that's we only charge tax for the Texas people." You know, but then they came back and they said, "No, no, you got to charge this some rule up to twenty five dollars." So you know, they they find us and a bunch of money. Um, just for an internet subscription. I guess anything back then, I don't know what the rule is now, but is anything over $25 is taxable or something. Fascinating. Uh, no, ma no matter where it came from. So I've been through audits. I've been through 
I've been through the ringer. I've, I've, yeah, as you can see, everything yeah, from the is, author. This is the this point is, of uh, what where you are today is because of all yeah. the journey you've been on. Yeah, you know, for it's us. Like, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say for you know for the listeners and myself when when we're able to kind of see the journey and see you know not just the creativity the unique uh, path that everybody takes it's easier to kind of go all right well maybe you know I understand that I thought I was going this way and I ended up having to take a more circuitous route that's normal and and I think your example because everything you're doing today is is really amazingly valuable to the communities you support and I presume to your own business financial uh, bottom line as well and. But it took you so much experience to get to where you are today, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. My, my mom likes to say that this what I'm doing right now with the teaching and the Amazon business, she's like, you've been training your entire life to do this. So for the, like, this is kind of what you just said. The last 20 years before, I, 25 years before I do this, I was doing direct marketing and understanding one-to-one relationships, which is what the internet is, what marketing is. I was making trading cards, but we were making high-end trading cards and high-end you know, with gold signatures and all kinds of stuff. And we were doing that, uh, you know, I, I was printing calendars and trading cards in Korea. So I was doing the importing side of it. Uh, I had another business where we did uh, internet marketing. We printed, a, did a high-end coffee table books um, and had a, a subscription website. So I knew the whole internet side and I got my hands dirty there. You know, I, I can do some basic coding. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm no expert or anything, but I can go in there and uh, muck something up, you know, or, or make, a, make enough. I know enough to make simple changes or get myself in trouble. Um, so, and then Amazon, this Amazon things comes along and it's like, okay, um, uh, this is perfect. You know, I don't need a training course. I, I didn't take any courses. Didn't nobody taught me. I just watched some podcasts and watched a couple of things. And then I just became a, a student, you know, I just devoured information, listened to every podcast, read every blog, found every Kindle book, whatever, and just devoured their information, participate on Facebook groups. And then I'm sitting on all this information. I'm like, I can leverage this even more by teaching it. And then I've got the experience of doing it. Uh, and so that's why I said, okay, hey, you know, I'll show people how to do it because it's complicated to a lot of people that are getting into it. They might understand one part, part of it. And I got frustrated with all these, there's three or 400 different, literally three or 400 different courses on the internet that say, uh, sell on Amazon, get rich, you know, drive your Lamborghini, buy a Lamborghini tomorrow and uh, go retire on the beach in Mexico next week. Yeah, it's just yeah. simple, simply not true. And I got frustrated with that. And so I was like, screw this, you know, I'm going to put out my own. I'm going to show people, look, this is a real business. It's a really great opportunity. There's probably been nothing better that's more stable in the history of business um, to, to grow rapidly and to, to build something than what you can do right now. And, but this is what it takes, and this is the real life of it. And I don't sugarcoat it. And when I go on stage, you know, I like, these are my fuck-ups. These are my good things. This is what works. And I think people uh, – in resonate with that and they like to hear that because most times when you go to these conferences it's speakers doing corporate speak people that aren't in there getting their hands dirty they don't know what the hell they're talking about they're afraid to talk about it um and i'll come up there and say that's bullshit and it doesn't work that way this is how it works Catalyst88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. And some of them don't like it, but for that reason, you know, I, I seem to be fairly uh popular on the speaker well no doubt you're highly in demand but it's it is because uh, you have uh absolute objectivity and credibility you don't 
you don't care uh, what other people's opinions are. You base your um, opinions on facts and experience. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and so. I keep I keep doing it. A lot of people that start teaching, that's all they do, and they really don't. They quit selling. Oh, they're not very involved in that. I, I keep my hand in that and keep running that side too. But I'm not trying to grow a you know hundred million dollar company. That's not my goal. You know, I, I'm kind of inverse. I you know, I'm not the guy who's got a corporate job and has always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I'm I'm going to go quit my job and start a business. I, that's not me. Oh, I'm not the guy that's like, hey, I, I'm tired of working for the man, going to work every day from nine to five and punching the clock. I want to go travel the world. I've traveled the world. I mean, I, we we said some horror stories and stuff, some of the stuff I've been through. But one of my businesses did very well. We did very well on pay per view television. Did very well on the internet, and. Uh, YouTube kind of killed the business and some other stuff killed the business. But from 2000, uh, um, 2007, when I turned 40, I said, I'm going to travel for the next year. I'm just going to, every month, I'm going to take two weeks and I'm going to go somewhere I want to go. And the other two weeks, I'll be in the office. And so I set the whole company up. I had a partner um, who you've met, Mark. Um, uh, yeah, that's great. We, we, set, we set the company up. And so I would leave for two weeks. And I'm not a backpacker guy staying in hostels, but I'm not, I don't have to stay in the Four Seasons or, you know, whatever. But I would stay in a reasonable place. I'd go and hire a pri- – I don't do bus tours and that kind of crap. I'd hire a private guide and take me around, you know. And I and someone wants to come with me, friends or family, whatever, we're welcome to come. And so sometimes they did, friends or family. Sometimes I went by myself. I didn't care. But that one year turned into seven. So for seven years – I literally did that from 2007 to 2004, early 2014. Uh, I was basically work, working the business for two weeks and traveling for two weeks. Um, and as a result of that, I went to 90 countries, all seven continents. Um, wow. uh, 90 countries. That is a lot yeah. of countries. Uh, I met my wife on one of those trips, you know, uh, unexpectedly in, in Colombia. And so, you know, in, in the end, you know, it's, everything has worked out. I've, I've, I've already done all that. So I don't need to do that. So I'm not trying to build a company to a hundred million, uh, I, you know, five to 10 million a year. Uh, I'm more than happy more than, you know, it, 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 it satisfies my needs and I can live a good life. So this is an important thing for, I think the awesomers listeners out there to, to recognize, you know, you hear the hashtag hustle all the time. You hear the, you know, if you're not working 24 hours a day, you know, don't bother, uh, you know, uh, trying to get anything done. And that's not really the way it is in my opinion. Uh, I, I think working hard is necessary. I think applying yourself is necessary and educating yourself is necessary. But the, the way that Kevin has just described the freedom of being able to travel in 90 countries and, and not being, he has no need to stay at the Four Seasons or in my case, I don't have to have the, the coolest car or the coolest you know house or this or that. I just want a reasonable lifestyle, but ultimately I want freedom and I mean, people to define me, that for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and you're only here once, you know, work, work, work. It's not all about chasing dollars, you know, you ch- get to where you, it depends on what your goals are in life. And I don't need to show, I don't have a fancy car. I've got nice things in my house. I like to stay in, a, I'm not going to stay in a shitty hotel. I'm going to stay, but it doesn't have to be the man. You know, I look at it, it's a value thing. It's $700 a night for the Mandarin Oriental or $200 a night for a room that's pretty much just as good. Um, you know, you just don't have the clout to, of staying there. So that's totally fine with me, but I'm not going to go stay in the $50 place if I can avoid it, but I have the money to do that. But to me, the, it's about the freedom. I mean, that's why I do the entrepreneur's thing, but life is about the experiences you have and the people you meet. That's, those can never be, the, especially the experiences, those can never be taken away. You can buy a fancy car or a nice house or some nice clothes or go to eat a nice meal, which I do, you know, I like to eat fine dining, go to Michelin star restaurants and, and whatever, but you don't, it's, 
those all go, those things all go, the experiences of physical things go away in your life, your house, your car, your clothes, your whatever, they, they deteriorate, they go away. But the experiences you have, you're always going to have. I'm, I'm never going to forget being in Antarctica, sitting amongst a million penguins. I'm never going to forget going, uh, you know, sleeping in the ice hotel in the Arctic Circle in the north, uh, being taken there by on a dog sled from the airport. And never forget those things. Those are, those are the kinds, of, and some of the people that I've met, that's what life is about. And you need enough money to do that and to experience that at whatever level you want. Uh, but people always say, I don't have enough money to travel or I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And I say, bull fucking shit. It's just not a priority. And um, it's just depends on what your priorities are and orient your, orientate your business to, to meet those goals. You know, uh, some people say you need your why, uh, uh, but I think you need your, you know, your how come or something, you know, you need to know what is it, what's in it. What, what enjoyment are you going to get out of it? It's not just taking care of my family. It's not just you got to, you're only here once. You're going to work your, your tail off. Enjoy it. You know, people always say, Kevin, you spent, you know, half a million dollars or whatever traveling all over the place. You know, what if you invested that somewhere, you know, you'd have a great retirement. I'm like, who knows if I'll make it to retirement? I don't know if I'm going to die of a heart attack or get hit by a bus or maybe I'm going to have a leg amputated you know and i can't could be a could be a um, competing hitman that finally gets you in the air. exactly another hitman may, may come and uh, take me out you know when i'm sleeping so i'm not going to be able to walk the great wall of china or whatever so you know that's to me that's that's most most important and i don't stress so if something goes bad you know i'll get a little bit of stress but i'm like i'll fix it i'll deal with it and i'll roll on i'll let i don't let anything stop me yeah that's a, a again a really good lesson you know uh, uh the obstacles will show up. Uh, sometimes I call them lightning bolts. They're inevitable. They'll happen to everybody. It's just how you deal with stuff. Uh, I really do think that even as people talk about the why, I talk about the why from time to time, but it's about your personal why. It's about what is important to you to make you happy so that you can then you know, deliver on the, the promise of uh, whoever else is involved in your life, whether it's your, your family or your friends or your company or whatever. But uh, I, I definitely think that you know, this whole idea of the secret to life uh, for me, it's the journey, and it's what you just described, the experiences. I, I highly recommend that people pay close attention to that philosophy because for me, especially with my kids uh, and so forth, we only share experiences. I don't buy them bunches of you know, stuff and swag, and, and you know, they have whatever they need to get by, but not, nothing crazy or fancy, but the experiences are really what define our relationship. So very, very well said. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, everybody um... – Success of um, success without failure is luck, um, and so some people do get lucky, but it, it's rare. Usually, behind behind every success, there's a lot of hard work and a lot of failures, and so don't be afraid to fail um, because you learn from every failure, and you're going to build yourself, and you're going to change. And don't be afraid to get help. I mean, that's one of the things that I enjoy. Every successful person had some sort, somebody behind them helping them. Somebody, their grandmother gave them $5,000 or some mentor that told them how to do something or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, every single person has had, had that. Um, sorry, I'm in the hotel. Yeah, no, that's all right. I love the ambiance. You know, so it's about 12, 20 a.m. in uh, London and it's time to sweep the floor. So we're going to get that done. <laughs> And so, and so everybody needs a hand, you know, and so don't, and that's why one of the things I enjoy most. And one of the reasons I'm doing the teaching is I enjoy helping other people. I want to see other people succeed. Um, so whether it's my wife, I want to help her, you know, whatever her dreams are. I want to, I love making dreams come true. 
um, whatever that may be. That's one of the things that I love in life is helping other people. I'm not going to let someone take advantage of me. You're not going to just like get handouts. Uh, you know, I don't give people on the street a dime. You know, guys begging or whatever, they're not going to, they'll never get any of my money. Um, but the person that's willing to show that they're willing to work for this or they have a dream, I'm more than willing to help them if I can. And so whether that be in the teaching, uh, there's nothing that gives me more, or with my wife or whatever, there's nothing that gives me more more satisfaction than being the guy behind the scenes. Let them take the credit. I don't need the credit. Uh, let them take the credit um, and, and succeed. Um, and I enjoy doing that. Those are uh, definitely big lessons well learned. Um, so, and you've talked about already maybe a time that, uh, you know, has challenged you, but you don't stress, so you don't give up. Uh, can you think of a defining personal moment, maybe the best per professional day of your life? Uh, anything where you just go, ah, this is, I'm, I'm satisfied at this moment. Uh, maybe not the next day, but at that moment, some, some defining no, I, moment. I've never been satisfied. There's always, you can always do better. You're, you're, my, my, most my most challenging com competition is myself. And so there's sometimes where I don't care, um, you know, uh, but there's other times where I love to be challenged. I mean, I'm, I'm married to a Latina Colombian woman who's constantly challenged me and constantly busting my balls on different things. And I love that. I wouldn't want someone to be passive. She's constantly like, hey, your shirt's crooked or, you know, you get or whatever, you know, I could go into a lot of detail, but there's always it's like, you're like, fuck, am I just broken? Uh, but there's always, you know, but but it's the same in business. I'm always challenging myself. So I've never. I don't, I cannot recall, you know, you know, I'm not the guy that when I graduated from college, you know, I barely, my dad was surprised. I probably surprised I probably didn't finish because the last semester I, I quit going to class. You know, I had classes where I'd, sh I'd get the syllabus at the beginning of the semester and, and show up, you know, on the day to take the test. And like, there's nobody in the room. The teacher changed the test. I'm like, Oh shit. Um, so, you know, I had to take a summer school class just to, to fix that problem. Uh, so he probably, so graduating from college or something was never a big deal or my first job or my first paycheck. No, I, I can't really say that I've had in business a, a defining, a defining moment. Um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Not but, everybody but, has but it. Personally, the, probably the thing that changed me the most is um, when I got together with my wife, we did long distance for seven, six, seven years, six years. Um, but that's probably the thing that changed my life the most at that point that I had to like straighten up. I had to like, get my act in order, get my taxes in order, get all, you know, if, if she was going to come here, uh, you know, they're going to check on me and make sure I'm a good boy, you know, and immigration and all that stuff when you do the background, the green card and everything. So that probably forced me more than anything else to get as a defining moment. Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, there's so many little uh, milestones along the way. Sometimes we don't even recognize them, uh, certainly least often when we're going through the, the uh, situation, but sometimes when we look back, we're like, ah, you know, my, 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 Chart definitely took a little bit of a turn right there. So that's, uh, I mean, really the other cool. one, if you want, I guess would probably be that, uh, that day in Miami, you know, in that club that I told you about that changed the course of my life right there. Uh, I know I, if I hadn't done that, I probably would have come back and done some other kind of direct marketing or something. And who, who knows, you know, it's funny how those little paths, you know, just that one little decision just set off a whole series of events. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happens. And, but you got to put yourself out there so that those little things can happen and well, that's right to roll and adapt with with them as they happen you know the 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 always taking some kind of action doing something is relevant and and you were out there you were doing something and you know even steve jobs talked about the idea that you know he he was too poor to go to the college but he still went to this calligraphy class 
later he put those patterns together. He connected the dots, so to speak, to go, hey, what if we could put calligraphy into the Mac operating system? These are the little mm -hmm. pieces that he learned along the way. And just like you, you found this data stuff that you, you collected for the clubs. And then, you know, you did direct marketing as it related to, you know, other things later on. But all of those things have uh, coalesced now today into your, your online businesses of various sorts. Is that... You know, making more money today than I ever did in all any of those other businesses. Yeah. Um, and 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 I'm living a, a even better life. Um, yeah. You know, I'm over here in Europe for three weeks. I'm I'm working five days, six days, and the other fifteen days, it's a few little travel days in there. But I get to have fun, and I'm paid for it. You know, I'm I'm getting money to be here. They're paying my cost and yeah. doing what doing what I want. I have that freedom. You know, um, well, freedom is the ultimate payoff in my mind. It is. There's nothing better than it. I don't, you know, I've had people try to come to me and say, Hey, we'll pay you a lot of money if you uh, come work for us, you know, help us with this and that. I'm like, uh, you have to pay a lot. And I don't, and to be honest with you, I don't know how long I'd last, even at whatever you're paying. Yeah. I, uh, I identify with that uh, highly. I had a very, very successful company come to me uh, not so long ago. And they said, Hey, you come and be our, uh, the CEO of our online division. And uh, I said, you know, there's no amount of money you can pay me to uh, come to Atlanta, where, which is where the headquarters was. And they made a significant offer, which still was uh, below my expectations for the impossible. And, uh, you know, so uh, my, my, I suppose my point is that when we know what we want, right, when we really define what, what makes it go around, what is actually fulfilling, because it's not just money. It's, it's the lifestyle. It's, you know, it's whatever individuals put their focus on and the prioritization on. But I, for one, I'm a big freedom guy. I like to be able to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with whom I want. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not one of these guys that makes five-year, 10-year plans. Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't project out where am I going to be 20 years from now and work towards that. I just roll with stuff. And I, I, I do make, I write notes and I'm like, okay, I need to do this and this. And I'll make short-term goals. Um, you know, anywhere from a, a month to six months to a year max, but I never make anything more, more long-term than I'll talk about it, you know, whether it's personal, like with the wife, Hey, we're going to have a baby one day, you know, it's talked about, but there's not like, okay, on this date, uh, you know, by 2020, we're going to have, it's nothing like that. Uh, I'm just enjoying being here, you know, and savoring every moment and doing what business-wise, what it takes to be able to do what I want to do. Uh, again, you're finding a lifestyle that has no reason to be fixed, <laughs> right? right. Well, that's uh, we always like to improve. We always like to learn. I know you're a constant learner yourself, uh, but the reality is, when you have something that's not broken, you don't have to worry about fixing it every day. Uh, I mean, the so best compliment I ever got was I was sitting on a plane one time, uh, going to Hawaii, I think, and I was talking to the guy next to me uh, on the plane for the trip, and he was doing like a tours or something down to South America or, or something like that and lead, lead different like safaris and different kinds of stuff into Africa. And we're just talking about different things and how I live my life. And at the end of the flight, he, he, he gets up, you know, he's pick, picking his stuff out of the overhead and he turns to me and says, nice meeting you. I just got to say one thing. You're freaking weird. <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate that. There's nothing better because the last thing I want to be is another corporate soldier, another guy that's doing what what society says. Society says when you're 40, you do this. When you're 50, you do this. When you're 60, you do this. When you're 70, you do this. I defy all that stuff. Um, yeah. 
my wife is 20 years younger than me. You know, most people that's, that's a taboo in a lot of, a lot of places. Um, there's lots of things, you know, I do in business that, and in life that people would say, this is not how you're supposed to do it. You're in America, you do these things. This is how you do it. I'm like, screw that. That's not how I'm doing it. Um, you have to, you're definitely a rebel. Yeah. Awesomers are always rebels, right? Uh, normies are the ones who like to fall in line and, you know, we yep. they pick out the wallpaper for their cubicle and they carry on with their lives. Uh, we don't have time for that. Uh, we don't have the patience for that mostly. And honestly, I would suck at that. I, I would be, I could just can't imagine how fast I would be fireballed out of the uh, cubicle <laughs> existence. Uh, it would go really uh, quick. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So as we uh, come to a close, I want to just on a tactical level, is there any tool that, that helps you in your day-to-day -day life or business life that, that you just can't live without? Some kind of either app or tool or, or what have you that, that you just can't live without that you want to uh, share with us? I'm not a slave to any technology. Um, so I, I'm not, you know, it took me, I was not even on Facebook until six months ago. I mean, I was on there for, to be able to access groups, but as you know, if you go look me up on Facebook there's a picture of a dog and you know, there's no information there. Um, the only reason I have a Facebook account so I could get into some, you know, business groups and stuff. But so it, six months ago, it is when I was like, you know what, I've had so many conventions and so many things, people are, that's where you got to be now. That's how you connect. So I'm like, okay, I'll connect. Um, but as a tool, I don't need it. I don't have to have it. Um, and so there's nothing really from a software level or a tool that is my life is going to change. If I don't have it. I'll be totally fine if, if, uh, they all went away. Um, um, but yeah, you know, as long as I had internet access, I'd figure something out. But I mean, I don't know. It, email, something as simple as email. You know, I go back to when email started, you know, in college, I was sending little emails and I remember when you could first add an attachment, like a little 6K GIF or something. That was a big deal. You know, it took uh, six minutes to arrive, uh, you know, <laughs> upload and download, whatever. But, um, yeah, so, I, you know, some people always say, oh, it's Evernote or it's this or I keep my life organized with that. Or um, No, I, I can't name a tool that's, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> that no, that's like, all right. Right. It's all right. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I, there's tool tools I use, tools I use regularly, but if those didn't exist, Oh, there's another one. I'll find something else. Find an, always find another way. Yeah, that's, uh, again, anytime you're going to hack your way through something, it's just about solution A, solution B, until you find whatever solution ultimately works. Yep. I, I definitely uh, agree with that. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, again, tell us how to find you online, uh, your, um, whether it's your mastermind or your training course again. And again, we'll put this stuff in the show notes, but just uh, from your own voice, uh, how can we find you online? Yeah, someone I wanted to find out more, probably the best place right now is to go to AMZ, like A like Apple, M like Mary, Z like Z, marketer.com. And that should uh, forward you over to my, my Facebook page and you can then contact me through there or you can see some of the other podcasts and other things that I do and uh, involved with. That's, that's probably the best way. Excellent. AMZmarketer.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And uh, so as you, as you think about it, uh, Kevin, are there any kind of final words of wisdom that you might give to somebody who is, you know, maybe they're on the path to doing something, whether it's uh, starting a business or writing a book, they're, they're going to follow whatever their, their path to happiness they, they see. Any, any words of wisdom that you might give them as they're starting along this path and maybe facing some uncertainty? Yeah, you can't finish anything unless you start it. So, I mean, you, you got to start you got to just take the plunge and start and don't be afraid to fail. Uh, if, to me, failure is not an option. A failure is just a hiccup in the road. Um, and so you, just, you learn and you move on from it. Uh, so don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid. Uh, if, 
if you're smart, uh, and I know you, all your listeners, all the listeners out there are, and uh, you'll you'll figure it out, and, and you'll pivot, and you'll move, and just be nimble and quick, uh, and don't be af- just live your dreams. I mean, you're only on this planet once. You know, go out there and do something that so you can truly enjoy your life and the people that you're around, uh, and and don't do something but just because. You know, if you're just do, if you're working a job and you have to do it because you got to pay the bills and it's the only way, that's not the only way. There's always another another way, and don't be afraid to do it. Yeah, again, that's a wise words of wisdom. You know, take action, find the solution. There is a solution to every problem, without a doubt. And no matter how you slice it, once the the drive to you know uh, accomplish whatever that mission is, whether it's uh, to launch a business or write your book or you know whatever it is that desire has to overcome all of your objections to it, all the natural objections of the people around you. So very well said. Thank you again, Kevin, for joining us on Awesomers today. It really is a pleasure. And, and uh, you know, definitely you're an awesomer in my book. Uh, really appreciate having you on today. Yeah, no problem, Steve. I'm glad to be here and uh, hope uh, this uh, has helped uh, and inspired a few people. You know it has. Uh, everybody, uh, thanks again uh, for listening to Awesomers.com podcast. We will be back uh, after this. Empowering. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Well, I learned stuff that I didn't know about, Kevin, and I... Uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting Kevin a number of times and uh, spending some good quality time with him in various places, including Austin, Texas, uh, Kauai, Hawaii, Seattle, Washington, and probably others that I can't remember. Uh, but I definitely want to let you know that uh, Kevin is a is a brilliant guy, and I'm, I'm sure glad that he joined us as a guest. And his story is inspiring and just amazing. I really, really love it. Uh, I would love to uh, have you guys go to awesomers.com slash 16 to see the show notes and details. And don't forget, now is the perfect time to go share this with a friend and be sure that we uh, get a good uh, listener base over here at awesomers.com. We're putting an awful lot of work because we want to help awesomers and entrepreneurs around the world uh, empower their lives and empower their businesses. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again. Dot com.